Welcome to the Mustang Message, a Dallas Center Grimes Community School District podcast. My name is Ann Wimhoff. I'm the Director of Communications and your host. Welcome to our first podcast of the Mustang Message. This has been a little bit a long time in coming. Um, we've had this in a wor- the works for a while, and I'm super excited to introduce our first guest today, and it really goes without an introduction, and that is our superintendent, Mr. Scott Grimes. Scott, how are you today? I'm doing good. Thanks for thanks for coming on today and talking a little bit about our district and kind of where we've been and, and where we're headed, and, you know, along those lines, I, I want to take you back because you have been with DCG for 11 years, right? Uh, that is correct. And... You know, I want to take you back to that beginning part and really ask you why you wanted to be the superintendent at DCG. Well, it goes back prior to 11 years ago. I was over in eastern Iowa at Louise Muscatine and um, had my family and uh, working over there and wanted to get back to central Iowa. I was originally from Johnston and there was an opening at Dallas Center Grimes and at that point Dallas Center Grimes was a uh, and still is a great size for uh, students and our community. Um, it's always had high quality education, uh, good initiatives known around the state um, that are really good for students. Um, technology back then, uh, we've come a long ways, but even the technology back then was uh, starting to move forward uh, with putting education and technology tools together. Uh, related other districts in the metro area, you know, they're strong with ac- academics, athletics, and the fine arts. Uh, the school size was a uh, good size for not only my family at that point, uh, my own um, kids, uh, the four of them, but it was also a great place to get quality education and to be part of, and I thought it would be quite an honor to be able to um, to work and uh, lead a district that has so many um, great positives as well as so much that can move forward with, you know, strengths for the future. I believe we've come a long way in the last 10 years, and um, that wouldn't be without the uh, dedicated staff that we had back then, but as well as now. And I believe our families and communities have supported our district uh, as much now as they did back 11 years ago. I think it's really, um, you know, a tribute to what many families that come to Dallas Center Grimes for now um, is what brought you here, you know, that smaller town feel and, you know, a district that's kind of on the cutting edge of things and, you know, the people and the great things that really make up our district is what attracted you to want to come here as well. So I think that, you know, that's a great uh, way to really um, help relate. And I'm sure that you've, you've pulled that um, over your years of, of time here at DCG and, um what has led to such success uh, for DCG over the last several years. Thank you. So, you know, part of the superintendent role and and, um, is really developing that vision for the district. So how did that begin when you started all those years ago? And kind of walk us through where we're at with that now. I think the vision for a district always needs to try to keep up with uh, what our students need and what our communities and society is changing to. Um, five to six years ago, part of that would be shift in what people have heard about as the 512 vision. And that vision 
uh, well, five years ago, we just talked about where do we want to support our students? How can we provide dollars for what's best for our students um, for now, but also to prepare them beyond education or our school? Uh, the 512 vision um, focuses in on really trying to get students' interest areas at a younger age uh, versus a lot of that typically happens in the high school level, but we wanted to move that down to uh, as low of a grade as we can. We call it the 512 vision, but eventually we'll be trying to connect that down to, down to kindergarten through fourth grade as well. We also knew we were going to be, we were growing, and we had facility changes that we were going to do within our middle school, the new Oakview uh, campus, as well as the 912 campus. So we wanted to create similar flexible spacing that would allow students to, um, to engage in their interest levels um, and to see hands-on what um, some job opportunities would be for them. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, how do you really incorporate that in and that, and that fifth grade and even younger? I know, you know, that we've talked before, you and I, about that kind of I do, you do, we do model. So walk me through what that looks like and how that's representative in, in the vision. Well, in the fifth and sixth grade, we want more of, uh, we want to connect with businesses, but we're probably being, as, as a district and as teachers in our education, uh, we'll be doing more of the work, but we'll be using um, businesses to help support. Um, I would put it kind of like field trips, but yet bringing that field trip into the classroom. Uh, fifth and sixth grade this year also has um, computer science course that previously has not uh, been provided within the elementary at that level, and then we're also still maintained our our tech courses um, for our fifth and sixth graders as an intro, introductory level for um, them to show their interest. Um, we find that students at a younger age need to be uh, tapped into what they're, what they want to be, what they want to become, what their skill sets are, what they're comfortable doing, and we need to provide those opportunities at a younger age. And we feel fifth and sixth grade with a new middle school with some more open concept buildings, uh, flexible areas that students can work on. We're still at the beginning stages of that. We have a long way to go, um, but that is the concept within fifth and sixth grade. The seventh and eighth grade Oakview uh, was kind of more of a blended approach. So we have more flexible spacing within our seventh and eighth grade, that Oakview building, uh, providing opportunities for students um, to collaborate, work together, uh, and then also taking um, some of our agri-science classes and moving those into uh, down to the Oakview 7th and 8th grade. And then, um, you know, the next steps would be they'd have more hands-on creativity at that level, and we'd move it into the high school. And hopefully students at that level were able to have job-embedded um, experiences, working with local businesses, um, work studies, um, school to work program and then also bringing some of the businesses that we can connect with along the way into our buildings to help support our students in their learning. So you know all this obviously can't be pulled off without great teachers and staff so talk to me about their role in all of this and how that how that looks for, for that classroom teacher and and support staff setting that up. Well first I want to say it's it's challenging work. Um, it's it's ever changing, and we have dedicated staff that um, have gone to other trainings to help support some of that classroom work. Um, we have specialized areas with computer science, uh, family consumer science. Um, I think it's just knowing and adapting to the students' learning model, 
that is different than from a textbook or, or worksheet based, but more of how can we provide them opportunities to uh, use their hands, be creative, uh, work with um, smaller groups or with um, partners and, and classmates. I, I, I like that, you know, and I think really when you can correlate that to the working world and, and you know, teaching those skills at a young age, I mean, you know, we talk about teamwork and, you know, working together for a common goal that those skills are already being brought in at, at that young age and, and being instilled in them really and helping them be ready for the work world. I think, I think that's great. Well, I think with, I just want to also mention with COVID, we've kind of been thrown into the technology side of things and we've been fortunate enough that we were forced, I wouldn't say forced, but we were fast-tracked, fast-tracked <laughs> into uh, one-to-one computers with our students, and that originally was uh, um, 8 through 12th grade, and then prior to COVID was 8 through 12th grade, but we were able to get that down to 5th grade and even below for one-on-one. So that has also challenged our teachers to and staff to connect with students in that way and, and enhanced a different learning model that I believe our students um, are very comfortable with. And yeah, some, sometimes even more so ready than us. I know, you know, I have kids and and keeping that, uh, and my five-year-old can sometimes na- navigate things faster and better than I can. Yeah, and just preparing our students for that and knowing that, that a lot of businesses that we worked with, a lot of um, upper upper education, whether it's an apprenticeship, a two-year degree, or four-year college, you know, that's that's the learning style that uh, many of them are training and working with students on. You know, so you've brought up some of these businesses and partnerships and bring, bringing them in, bringing businesses in. So are there any of those developed and or in the works or kind of talk me through about what that looks like in, in partnerships? Um, we've always had a lot of partnerships with um, com- uh, businesses, community partners. Uh, we've had a lot of uh, work with local businesses and connecting with our high school classes whenever we asked or um, needed supports. Uh, but we're trying to now build partnerships that is more, I guess we're trying to connect and put that into our curriculum, use them as a um, qu- questions of what things we can prepare students for as well as what ways they can support us uh, through our curriculum and our learning at school. Some of those partnerships that we're at the beginning of creating with is Corteva, uh, they've supported our agri-sciences program and providing some um, staff development for our teachers as well as some uh, materials for our classrooms. And we were also be able to extend agri-sciences into our 7th and 8th grade. And we're also sharing agri-science with Corteva and supporting Johnston students who are coming over for uh, support within agriculture um, through the process as well. John Deere is another company that we're at the beginning of um, working with and all the activities that can be aligned with uh, John Deere. And then we're also with the new business in in Grimes, not new to Iowa or the central um, states, but Hy-Vee. Yes, uh, exciting, Hy-Vee. Very exciting. Um, We've been connecting with Hy-Vee or been working with Hy-Vee, at least communicating the last four years to try to build this relationship. And um, once we have a store in, in town, uh, we'll be working with Hy-Vee on how we can um, learn from them. They have the tech 
uh, IT center also in Grimes that we'll be connecting with. Uh, so, so those are some of the few um, businesses that we're starting our conversations with and connecting how they can support us and how we can support them in our local communities. You know, I think it's, you know, you think Heidi and you think John Deere and Corteva and um, you don't get, you know, that's much more Iowa than those companies. And I think that that's great bringing that inside of the classroom. And, you know, it's not just agri-science when you think, or it's not just food. I mean, all the different facets of what those businesses and, and opportunities that those businesses can provide you know, for our students, I think is great. So you don't just have to be interested in agriculture or or food. It can be logistics and technology and really how that, that grows. I think that those would be great opportunities for our students. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about culinary arts. We're talking about logistics. Um, food to table would be a concept. Uh, we have a lot of land within DCG that I'm not sure people are aware of, but we have some DNR land that we've been working with. We have agris, um, some land behind our school that we can um, connect to when it comes down to uh, growth. Um, we have a small animals um, barn behind our high school that is connected through Corteva supported us with. And it's just finding the connections with that, but yet letting our students know what opportunities are beyond when you think of John Deere, you think of um, equipment, farm equipment. When you think of Corteva, you think of Pioneer or Seeds. Um, when you think of Hy-Vee, you think of groceries. But when you dig into those companies and all of the reaches that they can uh, provide and support for our students from technology to supply chain to culinary arts to health uh, and nutrition, um, it just it's endless if we can tap into those resources and use them for our students. Well, definitely exciting times um, for us. And, you know, you mentioned OFU a little bit, so I'm going to I'm gonna turn uh, the conversation a little bit into renovations and, and our growth in, in that retrospect. So, you know, we just opened OFU this year, and it is really uh, a building like I have never been in before, an educational building that I've never been in, for, in before. I think, you know, you mentioned a little bit before about the spaces and just the different ways that we can utilize those and students really can utilize those. So talk to me about how we got there. Well, one growth, you know, we're fortunate as a district, we do have some growth, so we do need to maintain that growth. And we've had a lot of opportunities uh, with support of our communities to provide great educational um, buildings or environments for our students. And that's one thing that did attract me here to begin with um, as superintendent 11 years ago, but we've been able to continue that charge. Um, with that growth, we knew that the elementary growth we've had will be moving into our secondary. And we had an opportunity to put dollars in and we um, built a Oakview um, 7-8. We began with the concept of flexible spaces, flexible classrooms, uh, flexible areas for our students to work in. And so we're not just set into one educational model or environment for our students to sit in, that we can change that as, as we see the needs arise with the students. Um, and what if, I think is cool is that it's going gonna, it's gonna to change as um, education continues to grow because we've seen so much change in how... Um, 
you know, we are educating our students just in the 11 years that you've been here. And so I think that that space particularly is going to, you know, help move and grow as things continue to change. Yeah. Some of the highlights we have in there is all the classrooms have um, flexible. They can open up into a a commons um, working area. Uh, The um, cafeteria, commons area, the learning stair, the library. Talk to me about that learning stair because that has true, like, super cool vibes. (laughs) The learning stair, it has opportunity for students to be able to uh, sit, communicate, work on. You can do presentations there. Uh, we've done a, uh, I think we did a play. I know we yes. did a play there, uh, which Milana was well-received. And uh, we think Learning Stair, we think of it as an opportunity for our students to um, meet, to have uh, presentations on, uh, charge their devices on, <laughs> and just be able to connect with their, their peers on. Um, and it's a great uh, it's different than what I had as a student. I'm sure different than what you've had as For a student. For sure, yes. Um, but it is what uh, allows our students to connect better with the school system. Now, you started talking about uh, the library. So talk to me a little bit more about the library at Oakview. And, and I mean, not only does it probably have the best view of the district, you can see the principal building from in there, but... There's different spaces within the library as well. So so tell tell our listeners a little bit about that. Well, the library system, as you're probably aware, is a lot different than just having books um, that we think about in traditionally what a library is. But a library is more about multimedia. It's about connecting for students. It's about creativity. Uh, we have a green room um, there for media productions. We have a maker space up there for students to be able to create um, and provide opportunities. We have um, CO, not CO2 cars, but we have um, training, uh, programming, uh, small devices from iPads that can be used through there. So that, and we also have a meeting space um, for students to be able to work together in the library. So the library of the traditional library that we're all used to is a lot different than today, and we wanted to make that space um, open, inviting, and a very educational opportunities for our students. You know, one other thing that has really changed is, you know, when you think back even, um, we'll we'll go back to my education, there were chalkboards, and now we've evolved to whiteboards, but there's something even cooler that's in our classrooms now. Talk to me about those those screens and, and how teachers use those. So as part of that flexible spaces and not connecting, I would say, to a wall, which right now we have projectors um, and whiteboards on walls, uh, we have clever touches. And they are large, in a sense, productive whiteboards slash TV screen slash projector slash presentation um, center for students and staff, as well as you can write on it and connect. But it is movable. Um, it's the latest uh, technology for our students, and it provides you know great opportunities for them to show their presentations, for our staff to present, um, and also to um, display learning or Zoom or videos from other um, schools or other countries if they need. And they can be really interactive too. I mean, I have seen students firsthand go up and 
you know, they can, t- it's like a touch board and you can write on there and um, just, so just seeing that collaboration and that back and forth in the classroom is, is really cool. It is. So, you know, with all of this, we talked about the Oakview growth, but really prior to Oakview, there's been a lot of projects and uh, building from your perspective. And I think kind of the, the, the gauge was 10 projects in 10 years. Is that right? Yes. Um, my presentations last year were 10, 10 projects, 10 years. Um, and those are all connected to our facilities. I think, um, you know, the next big project that we're looking at and, and, and conversations with embarking on is renovations at the high school because that really, that building was built in 2001, if I'm correct, if my memory is serving me correct. Um, and so it's time to have a little uh, update there and on just interior facilities, but not only how that space is used. So. Talk to me about how that space is going to evolve. Yeah, so we have a a number of phases that we're looking at for the high school. Um, First off, we have two full buildings. So you think of currently Meadows and then you have the high school. And we're kind of blending that into one large campus uh, that can serve 1,200 students when completed. In doing so, we wanted to start to isolate or locate some of our um, activities together. So we'll be constructing um, weight facilities, an auxiliary gym on the, on the Meadows gym side, and that will handle all of our sports activities, uh, athletics. And then on the other side where our current gym is, a smaller gym in uh, old high school, the high school is going to become our arts. Uh, so we'll have band, choir, as well as um, our art classrooms that will be revamped into that area. So and that's that, kind of phase one, right? That's phase one. Um, that should be done in a couple years, and then we'll be looking at other phases with uh, looking at our commons area, the lunchroom, uh, cafeteria will be increased in size. We'll look at the office spaces, uh, how to better utilize traffic flow in that building as well. And we'll also be, through the whole project, always looking at how can we pr- create spaces for uh, students, as I talk about the 512 vision, uh, for them to actually have hands-on experiences within our building. Now, you know, I know the big conversation most recently, because this project's going to start in the spring, is um, just right outside our door, and it is uh, turf football field, right? Is, th- is that still on, on the docket? That is correct. So we are in the plans of switching out our current um, field, uh, from natural turf to uh, artificial turf. And so that project should be started in the end of May and should be completed by August for all of our fall activities, which would include football, um, band, marching band. Um, just will provide us a lot more utility for that um, space and be able to use that year-round. Now I know one question that always gets asked when we start talking about the football field and the high school in general and that is one entry in and one entry out and and parking of course so what's in the works for for that and i know i, I that's a difficult question because <laughs> it's uh it's it's a challenge it is a challenge and that's usually the one question i get about 
anytime we talk about projects at the high school is about the um, entrance and exit. And right now we do have only one. We're fortunate that it is lit. Um, it does have light lighted signals with the support of the city. But with our makeup in the location, it's unable for us to get another um, exit out of that high school campus until we're able to get more land development um, or housing or other supports around our, our, um, our land that we currently have. I know that the city um, has always looked at what's the next phase of the city and that growth out here, but eventually we'll get out here and we'll be able to connect with our um, city of Grimes and how we can work on traffic flow at the school. Currently, we're still going to be left with one entrance and one exit at this point. I know, I know. Well, we're working on it and, and working with the city and that partnership and what that looks like in the future. We know that that's definitely a, a butt in our community and, and our uh, school uh, look for. So, you know, as we're kind of winding things up here, I have one final question and you are the first one out of the box. So this is a question I'm going to ask each of our guests uh, every week is kind of that final question. Um, and it goes to, you know, we are in education and so everybody can relate to and everybody has a favorite teacher. So I'm going to ask you who was your favorite teacher while you were in school and why? That's a good question, Ann. Um, as an educator, when you look back at your education through your school, um, there were a lot of favorite teachers I had. It probably depending on what year I was in school. Um, and those were probably the times when I felt, you know, I probably needed support from the teachers. And it was always the ones that connected to me, um, related to where I was at, asked about uh, myself and my learning uh, to support that. Some of my favorites, I'm just going to have to say, is Mr. Albrecht. He was my high school band teacher. Um, he allowed me to um, use my energy differently than probably other classrooms. Uh, he um, provided me an opportunity to learn and grow myself. He encouraged myself to uh, continue into jazz, um, marching band, and he was probably the one that got me into the um, idea of going to the University of Iowa and marching with the Hawkeye Marching Band. So, I mean, he was an inspiration to uh, me and helped support me through high school and encouraged me to continue on with a, a skill area or a strength that he believed I had at that point. And um, I think that's the all the teachers I would think of back at Johnston, which is not too far from here. Um, you know, what they did was they trusted that I had uh, dreams. They followed through with those and, and helped me to uh, get where I am today. Well, thank you for being on the, the very first episode today and um, sharing with us the vision and kind of a walk down of, of where we've been and where we're headed. And I appreciate your time and um, I'm excited to continue this podcast and as we move forward. Well, thank you very much and glad I was able to hopefully provide some insight into the district.